0: There. welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy
1: And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us,
0: as, as they, they should be. be. Jesus. I know. If you don't have anything nice to say, just shut the fuck up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is that how that saying goes? Yeah, I think so. I think that's exactly how it goes. Okay, that's good. That's what I heard anyway. <laughs> Especially to people you don't even fucking know. Yeah. Yeah. Dick. Okay, well... Do you have any pod business? I don't have any pod
0: business, but I just want to tell you we watched 13 lives on the Amazon. Amazon primes.
1: 13 lives. Mm-hmm. What's it about?
0: It's about the little um Thai soccer team oh, that got no. trapped in the cave. Nope. So good. Oh, I was sitting on the edge of my seat almost the entire time. I was like, I didn't realize what they actually had to do to get those boys out.
1: Yes. It was a whole operation.
0: They had to anesthetize them. They had to sedate them to sleep to get them out. I buy that. Yeah. I was like, oh, my. And every one of them lived. They all lived. Spoiler alert. Well, I think everyone knows that already. Um, but oh, and just to the okay, so they had Viggo Mortensen, who I love, love, love. Okay. Colin Farrell. Who I love, love, love. Love, love, love. Um, I'm trying to think of the other actor's name. I can't think of it right now. Uh, shoot, doesn't it's fine. Ron Howard directed it like it was a very well-done movie that Mm -hmm. literally just came out if you want to watch something like that and (laughs) i mean like it 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 will cause anxiety i'm not gonna lie it will cause you anxiety if you yeah
1: they're gonna sell you the whole seat but all you'll need is the edge
0: yeah because if you have any type of uh um uh what's that close like if you're
1: oh claustrophobic
0: claustrophobic if you have any aversion to being under the water um it it shows you the tight quarters these cave divers were in to get these poor boys and this coach out and oh oh, and the stuff they had to go through and oh god bless man it was it was good it was insane it was a ride for sure and that all these little babies lived and whew. anyways highly recommend it highly shit so there's that um shit. pod business pod business do you have any? no I feel like we should have something
1: well next week will we'll be our uh, interview with Karen Slaughter. oh My God! Oh my God! World famous, best selling author.
0: So when this comes out, it'll be the next week. Oh uh-huh. my God, okay. Yep. So I have a hot. I have a hot second to really.
1: Yeah. Don't panic now. Panic in five days.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. Don't panic now.
0: We're gonna do great. It's gonna be so much fun. Maybe we'll make a new friend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe she'll like take pity on us and just be like, "You guys are cool." Maybe I she'll it. she'll love our brilliant <laughs> personalities and she'll just be like, You guys are cool. Come hang out with me and Patsy Hi. and Dr. Kathy and let's all hang and we'd be like, Let's do it. Let's
1: go. I'm in for that girl's vacation. Oh, so Down. Yeah. Cause we would all just sit around and be introverts and read books the whole time. It'd be it'd be amazing. I'm into all of that. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. that's coming up. That's big news. It's coming oh, up. God. It's- <laughs> Oh, it's not scary at all. It's gonna be great. <sighs> what do you have for us this week, Shy? Shan? Yes. Uh, you're Shy. gonna be
0: proud of me. Okay. Guess what I did? Guess what I'm doing?
1: Putting yourself out there? Yeah. Okay. What are
0: what are we doing? I'm doing an unsolved.
1: Oh <laughs> this is so out of out of the ordinary for you. This is so out of my realm. Okay. Tell me more. Um, but
0: I ran across it on Oklahoma Cold Cases Facebook page. Okay. Um, and did you notice that they uh, they did the Judy Weichert? Weichert. mm mm-hmm. They brought that up on the news the other day. Mm-hmm.
1: Because it's been uh, 38 years mm-hmm. this July. Yeah. July the 6th. F- Something fourth, like that. Some- no. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that just kind of... And you know what they said on their podcast? What? That Judy Weikert's uh, evidence had been destroyed. What? Yeah. I, I think, I'm pretty sure that's what I heard on their podcast. And I was well, like... But, huh? They may have destroyed it because they thought that they convicted the guy that killed her. When, no. in fact, they never did. Nope. And... You know, also, it was a total shit show, so. Yeah. But they sort of alluded to the fact that her evidence was not in storage anymore. Um. Yeah, and I was like, well, oh, fuck.
0: Yeah, I didn't. Thank you. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's fine. But they did a great job, like they always do. That's good. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, the story that I have for you today is the unsolved murder of Laura Long. That name sounds familiar, but go ahead. This is Claremore, Oklahoma's oldest unsolved murder. <gasps> I know this one. Okay, go ahead.
1: Okay. I love it. Love it. Love okay. it.
0: Love it. So, yep. I, the majority of my information uh-huh. came from a documentary titled Laura Uncovering Oklahoma by Cade Thomas. Oh, okay. He did this back in um, 2020. mm mm-hmm. Little documentary on YouTube, a two-part Two parter, two parter. It was really good. Um, he did it in the there's no narration on the documentary, it is strictly the people involved at the time. So it is Laura's mother, mm-hmm. Ima, mm-hmm. um, one of the detectives that was there that helped, um, a Another detective that comes in later and we'll talk about him. Okay. And then a, the editor for the local newspaper, the Claremore um, Progress. Okay. The Claremore Daily Progress, excuse me, is the name of that newspaper. So these four individuals had were close to this case. Mm-hmm. And so it was just their, their stories and their perspective of the case. So you've got You've got the law enforcement side and then the family side and then the investigative journalist side. And it was it was good. It was well done.
1: Okay, so tell me more. I love it. Yes. Tell me more.
0: So let's just dive in to Miss Laura's case. Okay, so it was the evening of July 10th, 1977. Mm -hmm. Laura, at the time, 18 years old, um, had just graduated high school. She had told her parents that she was going to head into town, into Claremore, to see one of her girlfriends, grab a Dr Pepper, and fill her car up. I feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. she had a little pinto, little pinto Aww, car. I know it was hers. Cute. Um. Later that night, her parents would see her in town. They'd exchange waves, right? Mm-hmm. And that would be the last time they would see their daughter Laura alive. Ooh, okay. So Laura was said to have been friendly but shy, which, don't we all know that? Anyway. I mean. Yeah. She had just recently graduated high school. She had a job as a secretary at Paul Neely Insurance. Okay. And like I said, she had her own car. So a little bit about Claremore. Claremore, if you guys don't know, it's in the northeast part of our state. Just kind of northeast of Tulsa. Mm -hmm. And in the 70s, there was about uh, roughly 5,000 people in Claremore. So it's kind of a small town, right? Small town-ish. Yeah. Right? Uh, If you guys ever go there, it's a neat little town. I've been there actually multiple times. My daughter used to have dance competitions there randomly. Right. And... I've actually, for a previous employer, one of my clients was there. So I've been to Claremore a few times. They've got a fun little downtown. If you've ever seen that well, um, that famous picture of that, oh, like, funky looking park that has the well right on the pond. Okay. Okay. That's right outside of Claremore. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of along Route 66. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Old Route 66. Yes.
0: Yes. So it's it's a nice little area. Well, back in the seventies, being the smaller town that it was, Mm -hmm. they would the local teens, I mean, would they said they would take a drive up and down the main strip in town. And I was like, when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh! In Buffalo, we called it dragging Maine small towns. Every weekend, they said every weekend, the kids would drive up and down the Main Strip and park at a place called the Neymar Shopping Center. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is our hometown, 90s and 80s, 90s, probably 70s. Let's just be honest. It went way back. People would drag Main Street, in quotes, right? Yep. And what's so funny about that, it just brought so many memories back that you'd see somebody you wanted to talk to. You'd flash your lights at them. Y'all would turn a corner and you'd meet on a back street and you'd talk window to window. Yeah. Like, that's what you did.
1: Is that not what everybody does?
0: I don't think so, <laughs> I think that's just what kids in small towns did. That's what everybody does, isn't it? No. Oh, no, no. Yeah. But that okay. brought – I was just like, oh, that's fond little memories. And then everyone parking at this one shopping center, which for us, it was either – Pop in. Well, or
1: the old gas station. The
0: gas station. Okay. So for us, for my generation, it was the grocery store parking lot. Yeah. Carter's. Yeah. Cotter's. No. Cotter's. Cotter's, not Carter's. The gas station. Cotter's gas station. And sometimes the abandoned gas station on the.
1: At the end of town.
0: At the end of town. Yeah. So, yeah. For them, it was the Neymar. That's where everybody hung out. You'd I sit love outside that. of your cars. People would have music playing. Y'all would just shoot the shit. Like it yeah. was just a, a good time. You'd wave at people dra- that were still Dragon Main that didn't want to get out and talk yet.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Come on.
0: <sighs> you know, the things that our kids <laughs> will never experience I that know. were just like huge memories in our lives. I know. It's, that was so fun. Just driving around. Just driving around. Okay. So she was seen dragging, (laughs) dragging that main strip and also at um, that Neymar shopping center just hanging out. However, the next morning when her parents, Jack and I'm along, woke up, Laura Mm -hmm. wasn't home. Oh, like she did not come home from hanging out. She had not been back. Right. So they immediately went looking for her. And soon found her car at the Neymar Shopping Center. Mm -hmm. It was locked and her purse was inside. Okay. Okay. When officers arrived, they asked Ima if they had a spare key, which she did. Mm -hmm. But she was hesitant to give it to the officer because she was like, I don't want him like touching all the things and rummaging through her car. Like, what if, you know, what if there's... they." evidence. I don't think they called it that back in the day. I don't think she knew, whatever. But she was like, I just didn't feel right giving it to him. She finally, however, did give him the keys. And of course, um, being the 70s, they don't have the protocols they have now. He just rummaged through all of her things. Yes. Yeah. I know. And her mom was like, there goes all of that evidence that we could have gotten because he was...
1: Her mom touching. was like, "I should have uh, manned this investigation mm-hmm. in the first place, right?" And I,
0: what I really liked about this story too was these two women in this documentary and that were a part of this investigation, right? I, in quotes, whatever. That they were more um, mature about it and more, um, I guess they. Maybe put emotions to the side. Maybe put other things to the side to try and try and take the, get this taken care of her mom, she was a mom that lost her daughter,
1: yeah. you can't right. You can't put emotions to the side for
0: no, but she was not giving up, sure. and she wasn't going to let people make and her I give. think
1: you'll notice in most of these cases that we talk about, it's the families that have to push things forward, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Because if you don't have anyone advocating for you, your case just gets lost unless it's an easy solve. Right. 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 Unless the officers that are assigned to it are really, really fucking passionate about it for some reason. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just like, oh, well, we tried for a couple weeks and sorry. Yeah.
0: Nothing's coming
1: in. So yeah. we have nowhere to go. So if family's not calling all the time and basically harassing officers, they're they're just not getting anything done. Right. That's what seems like happens so often. Right. Yeah. You got it.
0: Squeaky wheel gets the grease type of situation. Yeah, for you sure.
1: Really got to keep at it. For sure.
0: So once they found her car, went through it, she, you know, she wanted to put in that missing person report like immediately. She's gone. This was not even 24 hours later. Was the n- next morning they noticed it and they were like, nope, you need to wait that 24 hours. It's whatever procedure hmm We can't do it. So Ima decides to contact the local editor of the paper. Her name was Pat Reeder. Okay. However, at the time, Pat agreed with the authorities and said, let's just wait. Maybe she's out. Maybe she stayed the night at friend's house. Right? <sighs> In this documentary, that is the a piece of advice that Pat has regretted her whole life. Like she Hindsight, right? Like I should have just been that mom that was like, "Let's do, let's put it in the paper. Like, let's put her name, face in the paper, right?" But they decided to wait. Nothing came in. Nothing came in. Ten days later, a young boy riding his bike along his family's property, like on dirt road, Mm -hmm. it was about four miles northwest of Claremore, would smell a foul odor. And believing it was one of their cattle mm-hmm. that was dead in the field would run home to tell his dad when his dad would go back out to investigate is when they would find uh, Laura's body. It Her body was so badly decomposed that it was the her dental records that actually identified her. So this was 10 days later. What? Sh- what? what? Time of year was this? It was July 10th. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay.
0: So, that makes hottest sense. part of Oklahoma. Yeah. Yes. So, back in the 70s, especially in small towns, it was not uncommon for newspaper officials, you know, editors, writers, whomever, to actually take the crime scene photos for the police officers in the sheriff's department.
1: Yeah. Yeah. one thousand percent
0: right so Pat reader was the one called in and she it wasn't the first the first death she'd seen she'd been at mm-hmm. she had done some prior and it wouldn't be the last but it was the one that had the most impact on her life because she too had kids right and at the time um she would say in this documentary at the time of this of Laura's murder her husband, Was in the military. So she was kind of doing the single mom life, Mm -hmm. military mom life, right? And ended up having to take her children with her to the crime scene and have them wait in the car while she took photos.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: I'm like, 70s kids, y'all.
1: Yeah. I mean.
0: We all need the therapies. Yes. Okay. Everybody. If you were born prior to today. (laughs) Basically. Let's just go ahead and get in therapy right now. Um, so, the chief of the newspaper at this time, like, when they found out that it was Laura, um, they were like, this is every day, because it was a daily Mm -hmm. paper, Laura's face is going to be on the front page. Yeah. Like, we're going to help find this person. We're going to jog memories. And Pat herself was like, I'm not afraid. Like, if- At this point, they're already 10 days down the line, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they, um, like I said, Pat was not afraid. Like in her little um, interview in the documentary, she was like, I wasn't afraid to talk to anybody. If they came in with information, I had them sit down and we'd have a chat. And she goes, And I wasn't afraid to ask the authorities questions either, which some of that, some of the authorities she thinks maybe found that a little annoying because she asked so many
1: questions at the time. I mean, she's taking their crime scene photos. Right. So, like, Uh, spill. Right. Yeah. But
0: apparently at the time, that didn't matter. If you just saw everything gruesome, you, you know, don't ask questions, I guess. I don't
1: know. Uh, What? Fuck that.
0: So it was also back in the 70s, and men were very much, like, charge. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, being that Laura's body was in such a bad state of decay they weren't able to tell you know if she had been raped or anything like that they did know that the cause of her death would be found to be asphyxiation um she had they had found one of her socks lodged in her mouth and throat and that is how she that is how she passed Hmm. yeah okay yeah but that's all they could tell from her body
1: Hmm. What's that look? Nothing. I'm just You're like, uh, taking in all the information. Okay. Hopefully I'm giving
0: enough information to you. <laughs> um. So Ima was told, you know, after they did their, the autopsy and whatnot, that because her body was so badly decomposed that the, she called him the undertaker. Yeah.
1: Well, right. that's who it was. Yeah. I mean.
0: They would not let them, they wouldn't let Ima and Jack see her. Yeah. Because of this, um, the state of her body. So she'd never get to see her daughter's um, body after that. So.
1: I, I don't know that you'd want to. I. That's a bad last memory of your child. It
0: is, but there's some people that's the only way to get, that's the only way that they can actually make it real. You know what I mean? I think some people would. I don't know. I'm not – I've never been in that situation. Hopefully never will be. I don't know how I would react at all. That's fair. So, of course, being the 70s, being that we didn't have the technology we have today, there was very much a conflict between Rogers County Sheriff, Mm -hmm. Claremore Police Department, Mm -hmm. as well as the OSBI. Because all three departments thought they had jurisdiction. So all three departments were handling their own investigations. Why?
1: Why did they all think they had
0: jurisdiction? Well, her body was found outside of Claremore City Limits in yeah. Rogers County. Yeah. And it being that it was a murder on – in Oklahoma, basically, is what they were saying in the, in the documentary, being that it was a murder in Oklahoma on county land that the OSBI should have jurisdiction which this was the 70s, so who knows? I don't know. Hmm. Okay. But it's intriguing. Yeah. All right. There's a little more intrigue to this whole thing, and we'll get into it. So, at the time of Laura's murder, Claremore had 17 officers, including their chief, Jack Tanner. Ima was not a fan of Jack Tanner. And after countless times of her going to the police station to see what they had found out about our daughter's murder, Jack's wife confronts Ima, calling her, end quote, a publicity hound. Listen, mm-hmm.
1: if my daughter's murdered mm-hmm. and no one would take a fucking report mm-hmm. on it. hmm. You better believe you would know me better than anyone else. Yep. Yes. You would know me inside and out. Yep. Because I'm going to be in your face for yep. the next however fucking long it takes. Yeah.
0: And that's basically, I'm was like. Yeah. What are you? No. She was like, I don't care if you're calling me a publicity hound. I'm trying to get
1: publicity for my, my daughter's, daughter's murder. murder.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like,
1: who Ugh. does that? It was so gross. That's the grossest thing I've mm-hmm. ever heard.
0: Yeah, it was awful. I'm like, come on now. <laughs> Be better than that. This woman lost a child. What who the hell are you? Ugh. Yeah. Th- th- this Jack Tanner guy, some liked him and some did not. So, I don't know. It's fine. I don't he's no longer living. Whatever. Um, a month later. So, a month after her passing or after her murder. Chief Tanner would tell Ima and Jack, that they had no money to continue the investigation. (laughs) Ima, Ima, she straight up believed that they were trying to get money from them to fund.
1: Oh, go fuck yourself. Turn over all of your documentation and evidence to one of the other fucking people that wants jurisdiction Mm -hmm. over these. Right. Right. She said
0: to Jack Tanner, I quote, by golly, you get paid whether you do anything or not. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. She's not wrong. She's not. So she (laughs) was so convinced they were trying to get her to give them money. She
1: was probably right.
0: And she was probably not wrong. Yeah. So if you'll recall, Shanna. Mm Mm-hmm. There was a, another very highly publicized murder, not even a month prior to Laura's. Do you know what that was?
1: Mm, refresh my memory. If I hear the name, I'll probably oh, know. You're going to know. Okay.
0: Three young girls were raped, bludgeoned, and strangled at a Girl Scout camp just southeast of Claremore, literally the next county over, mm-hmm. a 35-minute drive away. Mm-hmm. 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 Not even a month before Laura. Yeah. Ima was certain that these murders were overshadowing, uh, excuse me, over overshadowing Laura's. Yeah. Which unfortunately, she's right. Probably not wrong. Because they had everyone on this case. Yep. For these Girl Scout murders. Yes. Yeah. She is she's correct. Yeah. So eventually, Rogers County Sheriff. The police department and the OSBI seemed to start working together (laughs) to try to find Laura's killer. Um, And because by this time, the rumor mill was so crazy. You know how small town rumor mills start going. Yeah. Like they just build momentum and they just keep going. Right. So they decided... Which I didn't even know you could do this at the time. That anyone they thought might be a good suspect, mm-hmm. they brought in for a polygraph. So there was a lot of people polygraphed in Rogers County.
1: Okay. That makes for, sense.
0: For her murder. I did not know
1: that you could do that. That, well, I mean, they kind of did whatever the fuck they wanted. Oh, that's true. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And they that, I think that was probably still the time frame that they were using polygraphs as like a actual a, as something submitable. that would, yeah, that something would be used in court,
0: yeah, yeah, probably. well, by 1984, so seven years later, mm-hmm. they believed they being Jack Tanner and his men, mm-hmm. believed that she could have been a victim of Henry Lee Lucas. So Lucas was convicted of murdering his mother but while incarcerated
1: yeah he confessed to every like, fucking mm-hmm, thing he would confess to over
0: 600 other murders. Yeah and
1: they did it. He did it cuz they kept fucking buying him cheeseburgers. Yep. Yeah. Like yes. So uh, ultimately an investigation
0: done by the Texas Attorney General would find that Lucas was a fabulist. And that the Rangers had – they had given Lucas access to case files to help him yeah. refresh his memory.
1: It was all nonsense. Yeah. I mean. So, yes. So,
0: investigators, being Jack Tanner and another gentleman, decided to go down to Texas to interview Lucas.
1: hmm
0: And it was found that they – kind of led lucas to a confession Mm -hmm. of laura's murder yeah yeah um even though coming back to claremore they still didn't have enough evidence to prosecute lucas for laura's murder and then years later it would come out that he you know He would recant that confession, along with like 600 others because it was buying him time. It was like a stall tactic. Yeah. So he wouldn't have to serve. Or was he in the – I don't remember. It doesn't matter.
1: He was was already serving time, but they would like come get him from general population and take him to like all these smaller jurisdictions where he was like the only one in the jailhouse and they were bringing him fucking chocolate shakes and – hamburgers and all this bullshit and giving him case files to look at to try mm-hmm. to jog his memory, quote unquote. And then they would just drag him all over fucking creation. They would be like, so tell us where he buried mm-hmm. Sally or whatever. And he'd be like, oh, let's go out here in the middle of fucking nowhere, Texas. Right. And he'd get to go on a goddamn drive for the day. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, I believe he was a horrifically terrible person. Mm-hmm but also probably 99% of the shit that he confessed to or alluded to being guilty of is all bullshit. Right. Yeah. They said that the only thing they really got him on
0: was the murder of his mother and then uh, two more murders. But yeah. like he confessed to all these murders and
1: nope. Yeah. Him and him and Otis Tool are just kind of like, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. They they're, saddled with a lot of stuff that it's like it could be them mm-hmm. but uh yeah not convinced yeah that's just my opinion yeah
0: so um so eventually as we know the case would go cold I still would keep up with the police department for information but having no leads having no new information it just it went cold so Fast forward. Okay, twenty years. Oh, we're now in the nineties. Twenty years. Mm-hmm. Okay. A new investigator with the Claremore Police Department, by the name of Tim Norris, would reopen Laura's case, mm-hmm. and he decided to put in a request to the Sheriff's Department. To see if they had any evidence remaining um, in their evidence locker from Laura's case that could hopefully, um, that they could hopefully send off for maybe this new DNA analysis. This new fangled DNA. New DNA. Yep. Um, They did. Mm -hmm. They did have evidence. So he collected that from them. He also asked, what? Sorry. No, go ahead. Okay. So he also asked a friend who was in the fbi Uh who was getting ready to um it was heading to dallas for a like profiler convention convention Mm -hmm. mm, training profiler training whatever and he asked this friend to take laura's case file with him Mm -hmm. in hopes that maybe he can sit down with one of the profilers and and see, you know, what they can come up with. And he did. The friend did. And he actually got to set with a profiler. And um, the so the profile came up as a man mm-hmm. that was somewhat of an authoritative figure, mm-hmm. athletic, mm-hmm. probably living in a trailer, and... <laughs> Okay. And that was that was random. Um, kind of just gave off that good old country boy
1: look. Right. So he was like local. Yeah. You've just described 500,000 people in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. But, I know. OK. Yeah. It's fine. It's, Go ahead. It's fine. Who knows where this profiler was
0: from? Maybe not. Who knows? The Midwest. Yep. They also suggested that the that the investigators have the local newspaper run a story mm-hmm. that they're reopening the case due to this new DNA technology
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. um and that they're hoping for new information to come of this and or if someone has new information maybe it's jogged a memory you know like it's it's open does anybody want to talk uh stating that more than likely either the killer Or whomever he confessed to or confided in would reach out. Right. Right? Well. Oh. Within days of them putting this information in the Claremore Daily Progress, Mm -hmm. Detective Norris receives an anonymous letter.
1: Okay. Yes.
0: So this letter would name one man. His name was Bill Dykeman. Okay. Okay. Bill had worked for the Peabody Coal Company, and it stated that during his shifts mm-hmm. at Peabody, he would sneak away to go hang out with friends or hang out with, you know, girls, whatever, and his coworkers would cover for him. And then right before shift ends, he'd sneak back in and clock out. Okay. Okay. It also stated that he um, did beat his now ex wife. He was abusive, Mm -hmm. and it said that the night of Laura's murder, when Dykeman came back to work with fresh, he came back with fresh scratches. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, that Dykeman would confide in, in him that he did kill Laura. So, so, why did he wait years, 20
1: years to say something? They were.
0: So, the profiler, when he was talking, was like, more than likely these people are older now and they've had all this time to set with this information and they want to get that, you know, they want to not have that guilt sure. any longer, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And he nailed it because this guy was like, I've known about this for 20 years, but, or this person, I should say. Um, Because no one ever came forward admitting to writing these letters. Mm. Yeah. But it was probably a dude. More than likely. It does say this um, Norris in his interview, he said he did talk with all of his crew, right, that he worked with, Mm. uh, Dykeman's crew that he worked with. And one gentleman in particular basically gave him every piece of information that was in the letter. Mm-hmm. And he said, did you write this letter? And this guy was like, I don't write the letter.
1: That dude was like, no, nah, not me. No, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. Snitches get stitches. I nah, know, right? Nah. Yeah.
0: And so they, but they followed up with everything in this letter. Like he named names, he named, you know, whatever, like all this information. And Norris and his colleagues followed up. Everything panned out. Like, mm-hmm. Everything he said was true. Like, Dykeman was known for leaving. He was known for whatever. Yeah. So, they also were told that he had moved out of state and no one knew where he was. Well, that wasn't true. He was not that far from Claremore. And they were able to find him. Hmm. Yes. In a trailer? Yep. <laughs> knew it. Yep. Okay. And that's one of the things when they were interviewing norris he was like we showed up um to dykeman's house he lived in a trailer oh the other thing um the profiler said was more than likely he'll love bib overalls and a straw hat and he said when he knocked on dykeman's door and dykeman opened the door he had bib overalls no on. fucking way. and a straw hat was setting on the table
1: no fucking way
0: yes and there's a video of dykeman they have video of Dykman like walking out of his home in his bib overalls. Um, they also said too that he had to move a gun off a chair so that Norris could sit down and talk. Um, just kind of that it's not nothing's going to happen. Uh-huh. We kind of had this discussion the other day. Yeah, Just white white male privilege. Well, well
1: men <laughs> that kill women don't don't want to don't want to confront men. Right. They, they don't want to confront other men, right. They see women as a weaker sex. Mm-hmm. and they would prefer to take advantage of them and hurt them, right? So yes. I you know, that that officer probably was like, hey, "I'm not in fear for my life at all." Yeah. no, he said with he, this good old
0: boy. He said he was like, he just he was a good old boy mm-hmm. and answered questions. and but every time, he was asked, "Did you hurt Laura? Did you kill Laura? You know, blah blah blah." He, his answer was always, "I don't, ha- I don't know anything about that. Not I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. It was I don't know anything about that." Mm-hmm. So he, they soon asked him, you know, come in, take a polygraph, and he was like, "Sure, I'll do it." Mm. Failed the polygraph.
1: Yeah, but by that point it's not admissible anyway, so it yep. doesn't really matter. Nope, wasn't at all. And they were like, "Mother, <laughs> mother of pearl." That old polygraph trick ain't gonna work now. Yep.
0: yep. So they soon um, just kind of just kind of watched him. You know, at one point um, it was starting to make national headlines. Hmm. It was on. 48 hours. Mm -hmm. They were also, so Ima and um, Detective Morris were also on the Montel Williams show discussing Laura's murder. Interesting. I know. Like, I hadn't thought about Montel Williams in
1: 30 30 years. years.
0: So, but I mean, in this documentary, they're like, you know, we really think it was Dykeman that did it. And another thing, I almost forgot. Remember, I said he was an authoritative figure. He was athletic, like Mm -hmm. all these things. Mm -hmm. Dykeman had at one time worked for the Claremore Police Department as a meter Mm. reader. He was also um, in Major League, mm -mm, Minor League Baseball
1: player. Mm -hmm. So all of these
0: profile. That
1: profiler was Mm. a fucking boss. Yeah. Nailed, Holy shit!
0: Nailed it, and that's how Norris was talking too. He was like, he he nailed everything. Like everything about this Dykeman guy was spot on.
1: Holy shit! Mm-hmm. That's bananas. Like would drive
0: an old pickup. He had an old pickup. Like,
1: yeah. It I was- mean, if you if you're telling me, first of all, I was like, okay. I mean, trailer house dude in Oklahoma, whatever. But now you're telling me he rocks bib overalls all the time. He likes a straw hat. Mm-hmm. And he was like an authority figure and he was athletic and all this stuff. And then it's all like checking out. I'm like, what color are his eyeballs? I know, right? Tell me. Tell me what color <laughs> uh-huh. his eyeballs uh-huh. are. Yeah. How tall is he?
0: Um, They soon... um. They just, they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't. Yeah, they didn't right? have enough to charge him. they ju- Yeah, they couldn't. So couldn't charge him. Every time they'd question him, I don't know nothing about it. Mm-hmm. At one point, his brother, Jimmy Dykeman, would go into the police station irate and ask why they're questioning his brother. What are they, like, his brother had nothing to do with this girl's murder. Just kind of was real weird about it.
1: Where was Jimmy Dykeman the night of Laura Long's murder?
0: That's a good question. Um, also, where Laura's body was found mm-hmm. was on the dirt road near Dykeman's home. It was on the side of the dirt road near his home. Where he lived at the time or where he where still he, lives? Where he lived at the time. Okay. Yes. So there's all these things like pointing,
1: but yet... They, it's all circumstantial mm-hmm. at that point. They don't have any because of the state that her body was in, they truly don't have much to go on, right? Okay, yeah.
0: So, they're just what they're trying to do is just get that confession, yeah. Right? They
1: need something to corroborate yeah. him in the same place as her,
0: yeah. So, Norris does admit to kind of bending the truth and that he tells Dykeman, Hey, we found hair. There is hair. There was hair on Laura's body. Mm-hmm. Would you like to – would you be okay with giving a hair sample and also blood samples? To uh, this, he agreed. Okay. okay. He agreed to all of it. Okay? okay. So n- they had none of that. They had no hair sample. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, crap. He's not – he's still not admitting to it. He's giving us the shit, you know. So what are we
1: going to do with this fucking blood sample? So a
0: few weeks later <laughs> – A few weeks later, he decides to call Bill and say, hey, Bill, blood samples and hair is back. It's you, buddy. Like, oh, I know. I know. I'm like,
1: ooh,
0: ooh, ooh, I don't know if you can do that. Can you do that? Uh, I mean. In the 90s? I don't know. Uh... To which Dykeman responds, well, if you got me, you got me, but you better not set foot on my property without a warrant. Well, they didn't have him, right? They had none of this. This was all a ruse to get him to confess, which he didn't. Still,
1: well,
0: right? So they couldn't get it. They couldn't get a warrant for his arrest. He didn't
1: confess. No.
0: So I'm like, was this man just super smart? I don't understand. Happening? I'm so confused.
1: I feel bad about saying that. Where was Jimmy Dykeman when she was murdered? Sorry, Jimmy. No, my bad. Hold that. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) Hold that. I'm sorry. Don't. Okay.
0: Okay. So, at the time of the murder, Bill Dykeman would have been in his 30s, right? Okay. Laura was 18. Okay. Okay. So. Very much, remember I told you about the rumor mill? Yeah. So they very much had to listen to all the teenage boys' accounts of Laura. Right? And that she was, she liked to sleep around, is basically what they all said. Okay. Okay. And so they were like, this is probably why this happened to her. Okay, mm-hmm, right, okay. so then they go into a little history of Jack Tanner, the Chief of police, mm-hmm, and how he was cousins with Jimmy and Billy Dykman.
1: Okay, okay,
0: Jack Tanner like I said, was one of the men that went to question Henry Lee
1: Lucas. Uh Uh-huh. And tried to pin it off on Henry Lee Lucas. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Jimmy Dykeman, a civilian, drove him down there. (laughs) What? Yes. I... (sighs) Yes.
1: That's gross.
0: I know. And they're like, And the whole time that Norris is talking, he was like, it was just very weird. Like, why did Jimmy – why was Jimmy driving them? That should have been another officer driving down there. He was like, there's just some things that don't add up. Yeah. And they found that Jack Tanner had evidence at his home. (gasps) Like, what kind of evidence? So it was was just a – like an index folder with people's names that he interviewed. hmm He was like, doesn't seem like much, but that's something that should have been with the rest of the Yeah,
1: you gotta keep a chain of custody on that. Yes. Okay. So
0: the stuff. So he was like, What else is missing? So it just it just became very suspect to Norris. Like, yes. And then Ima was like, I've never trusted this man. Like and there was his something wife is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and she was like, you know, their cousin, she's cousins with this guy, this Bill guy, and he was the only one that could have done it.
1: I mean, that type of thing. theoretically, theoretically, but if you go by the profile,
0: yes, well, I'm <laughs> just saying. So, however, Bill Dykeman died in 2016 and never was charged never was anything. charged. Um, They still, to this day, or as of 2020, we're still getting together investigators from the police department, sheriff's department, OSBI, Uh to discuss and to kind of um, uh, give more information to the newbies coming in. Right. So as they're retiring, they're at retirement age. Yeah. They're passing on this information to these new guys. Um, It was found... So recently, Claremore had built a new courthouse. Mm-hmm. It was their courthouse was a uh, scary. I've been in that courthouse, and it was, it was a little scary. Not because I was in trouble, people. It was for work. Um, <laughs> <anyway. Whatever. laughs> um but as they were moving files to the new courthouse, uh-huh. a um, DA investigator was cleaning out a closet. And found files from Laura's case that were never turned over to the OSBI and the police department for their investigation. So they're like, we're still – and this was just a few years back. Like, there's still new evidence that they're finding because people were so determined to not share, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's just how it was. Yeah. So – this case is still open. It has never been solved. Um, Laura's mom, Ima, is she's pretty sure that this Bill Dykeman was the one that did it, mm-hmm. um, but you know, without that proof beyond a reasonable doubt, yeah, it's just right? an allegation. Yeah, so yeah, so she is she is still considered unsolved murder and they're still taking information about it new information they were just they were getting information as
1: of 2019 um i wonder if they have anything at all from her i know her body was really decomposed but i wonder if they have anything at all from like her clothing or the sock that was in her throat or anything like that that they retained that they could that they could test mm-hmm. for, you know, very small amounts of DNA.
0: Right. And they did say that there was still evidence from that crime scene mm-hmm. that they were able to send to the OSBI for DNA testing. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing because it's still an open case, it they he didn't go into any further discussion than that.
1: So... I mean, it could be that they're. At what point did they send it to OSBI? Was Ninety-seven. This? Yeah. So twenty years later. So now, DNA technology today is so much more sensitive mm-hmm. than it was then. Right. Like you had to have a relatively large sample. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. To turn over, and if you had, let's say, like a drop of blood mm-hmm. that you wanted to get tested. And you um uh, picked up that drop of blood onto a cotton ball or something like that. They would take your whole cotton ball and utilize that entire sample, right in one round of testing, yeah, and it may or may not, yeah, you know get the results you want, and then you are without without it, yeah, anything, yeah, so. Nowadays, it's just so much more sensitive, like they can test such smaller samples that I wonder if it would be worth it to try to look to see if there's any epithelial cells or anything like that that they could potentially test. Yeah. You know? Yeah. From a sock. Yeah, surely. You would think. Right. Right. And if they have his blood sample still in evidence from when he volunteered it. Right. I mean. I don't know. I don't know either. That's. I. I was hoping that you were going to tell me. I know you told me up front that it was unsolved. And I was hoping we were going (laughs) to get to the point where it was like. Surprise. Solved. Because she. Laura Long. Is on my spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. My murdered women in Oklahoma spreadsheet. Yep. And there is absolutely no information out there on her because of the Oklahoma girl scout murders. Yeah. And every time I've tried to find information on Laura long to determine her cause of death, what the, um, what the circumstances were of her death, there's nothing available publicly. Right. So I'm glad that you found, uh, documentary Mm -hmm. and all of this information because it's truly like that's why i was pulling stuff up on my laptop because i'm putting in yeah this is what actually happened to her because we (laughs) had no idea yeah yeah we had no idea
0: my whole thing was um oh gosh who was the who was the guy they tried to they're thinking did the girl scout murders heart yeah so my whole thing was he they were right next to each other Mhm. He was not caught for another couple of months, correct?
1: It was a yeah, it was a oh, a, a while. I don't know the exact time frame, but it was a while. Right. Yeah. So I'm like he was in that area like Yeah, and it was I mean, it's close. It was a very close area. Mm-hmm. So I you know, there's there's other murders that happened In that same time frame, it's hard to say, um, it's just hard to say what could be connected and couldn't be connected because of the state of her remains. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have any concrete circumstances about what happened just before her death and, and at the time of her death. Other than this sock in her throat. Right. And... They're probably assuming that's how she died, is that the airway was was blocked mm-hmm. for an extended extended period of time. They don't know right. that. Right. I mean, um, it's just... There's some other ones that... That happens similarly to that, where mm-hmm. women are taken from a parking lot. Okay. Um and not found for a while. That it's like it, it it's just there's other similar crimes that you're just kind of like, huh, in that northeastern Oklahoma area. Yeah because there for a while there were people women especially uh, being abducted from grocery store parking lots in Tulsa around the Tulsa metro um so it's kind of like what what was happening over there right you know cuz they would be like abducted from a one that I'm specifically thinking of she was abducted from a parking lot in Tulsa Tulsa area and they found her like two or three counties away.
0: Mm-hmm. you know,
1: and they had a hard time connecting her to this missing woman from Tulsa because there was such a distance gap, right right? So oh,
0: man, I know I
1: just hate it. Do I do really you? hate it.
0: And as of you know, when this documentary was released just two years ago, IMA is still alive and still trying to find you know who who killed her daughter so but she's a she's a tough one and she she wasn't gonna um kind of just disappear in the shadows like she's very much wanting to find who did this
1: yeah i can't imagine going that long without oh, concrete I answers i couldn't either you know and especially being Uh, at any
0: point when you lose a child to have someone of authority, even a spouse of someone of authority, um, be like, why are you doing this? Yeah. It's, that would be very suspicious to me and very just, it would make me push harder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. So probably that's probably why she's still doing it. Like I'll show you.
1: Yeah. I mean, Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know what she's doing She's staying relevant out of spite. Yeah. And I love that. Yep. And she is trying to get justice for her daughter, and I love that. Right. She is here despite all of those people that were trying to be like, oh, this isn't really that big of a deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was
0: her only child. Yeah. So, like, to have somebody come up to you and tell you that and tell you you're overreacting is sick. I hate people.
1: (laughs) I hate people. (laughs) So
0: there's that. There's that. Is that? So that's the um, unsolved murder of Laura Longshan.
1: Wow, that was that was a journey. Yeah, that was a journey, Shy. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow. I hope I hope they find something soon. I really do. I do too. Good job, Shy. Thanks, Shan.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite
1: podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's you are underscore doing underscore underscore fine underscore OK underscore underscore pod. pod.